playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome into episode 17 of On the Board Podcast. My name is Colby McKee. Across from me is Lance Dahl. Hello. We've got a lot to talk about here on a Tuesday. Let's go then. Uh, let's start on the ice. On the on ice. On the ice uh, with our local Messinat Tigers. They had a, a predictable weekend, let's say that, because... Colby they... McKee drinking game. <laughs> and he says anything <laughs> stupid, you drink. <laughs> All right, first one down. Yeah. Uh, they had a predictable weekend because they split their home-and-home home series with the rival Lethbridge Hurricanes. That's, that's basically what's to be expected each and every year. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they they took the first game in Lethbridge 4-3 in a shootout, which was a nice come-from-behind victory. We'll get into that in just a second. But then they lost on home ice 3-1. to one, So True. Well, that's kind of how last year went. They won uh, one on the road in Lethbridge to start the season and lost the home opener. So I think those home openers are just really tough to... Uh, to get out of your system. Like, the young guys are gripping their sticks. I heard uh, Bob Ridley talking with Jim and Jesse on the morning show here. Yeah. Uh, that just, just the young guys are nuts. You know, they're a little bit uh, nervous and excited at the same time. So Well, yeah, but I don't, it was just more that they couldn't score. They had more than enough chances. They peppered they the, uh, they peppered Tedichuk out of Lethbridge with, uh, what, 51 shots in the first game on Friday yep. there, and then they ended up playing the backup, Thompson, Yep, on Saturday, and he played outstanding. He was really solid in that for for the Hurricanes, which was uh, to the Tigers' dismay. But a uh, nice si- nice sign was Ryan Chizowski breaking through on the power play late in the third. Yeah, that was good. He's that uh, was good. He's going to be uh, an important leader for this team going forward. Yeah, well, he scored um, in the season opener as well. That's right, because he got them into a tie uh, midway through the third period. So uh, nice to see that he was going. Uh, Cylinder still getting on the uh, score sheet again. Um, and Lochner had the third one in in the Friday's game. Is that right? And he had the second one. The second one. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Again, most of your leaders uh, getting on the board there. Funny enough. So. Yeah. No, it was good. Um, Solgard, uh, what's his, what do you think of his performance? I think he was he was stellar in the in keeping the lead there on Friday. A couple goals on Saturday. He probably would have liked to have back. I disagree. Okay. Um, the first one was like a really nice pass behind the back. Uh, that Zach Stringer made, and then Alex Cotton was coming in through the slot, basically just picked up the puck, and it was just one-on-one. Mads was in good position, just one of those ones that was a really good shot from the hash marks. Okay. Uh, the other one was Noah Boyko scored. Uh, he's kind of left alone. Defensive coverage was a little bit of a fire drill, mm-hmm. and that one Mads probably could have had, Yeah, should have had. I mean, he, he'll tell you he should have stopped them all, but the, the first one... From Cotton was just a nice shot, and the one from Boyko was uh, probably one that he could have had back. But uh, I mean, he, he played very well yeah. once again, and it was exactly what you expect. Like when Mads lets in two goals, and we think it's a bad night, that tells you where That's we're at with Mads. A great point, one hundred percent. Yeah, I guess my thought on that first one. It's a good point. It was a great shot by mm-hmm. Cotton, but uh, I, in a one-on-one situation, no traffic in front, you you figure. You figure he can get a glove on that. Like that's that's just me as a fan. I was in the stands. I was far away. You were working the game, right. and you. I mean, you were able to see as well. I just that's my only point was that first goal. More so the first goal than the second goal. But I mean, we're picking. Yeah, it was just picking apart cons- his game. So more concerning that he got beat on both goals high glove. Yeah, which very true. is which is a little weird, but I I, I assume that's something that they'll work on. Um, yeah, our I mean, boy Matty Wong's gonna have to yeah. tighten up that glove hand. Yeah, well, when you get beat 
a couple times on the glove side. Hold on, that was something stupid. Drink. <laughs> what, what did I say? Glove hand? Matty Wong got to tighten up that glove hand. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Number two, it's early. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, enough beer. I don't know about you, but then it was a nice showing for the fans. Just over 4,000 announced attendance inside the Canalta yeah. Center. I think for uh, for a season opener, that, I mean, I know it can hold more, mm-hmm. but it was really nice to see that far corner of the rink uh, actually had some some people true, sitting in it. True, that was that was very nice. Uh, I hate to disagree with you again, but I'm going to. Okay. Um, attendance was down this year, 307 from the home opener last year. Um, this year was the 50th anniversary. Right. Uh, uh, Willie's back. I fully expected, and that's not to say that the the atmosphere wasn't great. It was that but, that standing O for Willie was oh incredible, incredible. Yeah. incredible. But when you go based off of numbers and and who was in the building, you think it'd be a little disappointed that. There, there wasn't more than last year. I was listening to a podcast done by the the Hurricanes people in Lethbridge, mm-hmm. and they were saying that the home opener for Lethbridge, they were expecting more people from Medicine Hat making the trip down, whether it was through the the buses or just making the trip down Highway Three. Yeah, that's still the highway. Up. So I don't. I always get my highways <laughs> confused. Uh, but even in I'm Lethbridge, not drink there. The uh, the there wasn't a lot of Tigers jerseys. There wasn't a lot of fans sitting in the MMAC Center for for the Lethbridge home opener. So, well, I guess at the same time. I mean, you can never really count on travel happening until playoffs for sure. Just because there's a lot of kids that have a lot of different things going on and parents might be tied up one thing or the next. Um, That's just kind of a fluid situation. I don't think there's any stock to be put in that. It is what it is. I mean, if you want to compare it, I think there was 12 Lethbridge fans in the building. So that's true. What are we talking about, right? Yeah, there's a few sprinkled around the Canalta Center. One thing we will agree on is something that you called like four episodes ago, <laughs> five forwards on the power play. They mm-hmm. actually implemented it into a game. Mm-hmm. They did. So, they did. I, and I heard, again, Bob was talking to Jim and Jesse this morning, like, is it something that they're going to try to continue? Is it something that where they're they're grooming somebody on the back end to 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 run the point, be the quarterback on the power play, or what are they going to do? They're going to continue with this. F- I mean, they scored with the Chazowski one, which they is did, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other than that, I mean, there was a lot of hesitation. Again, it's the first home opener, like it's the first game. I understand that, but yeah, I don't think it was definitely not. Uh, gears weren't clicking on that one. Yeah, the unit that they had on the Chazowski goal was uh, Brett Kemp was primarily working down low around the goal line. Um, I also saw. Uh, another power play, Brian Lochner in a similar spot earlier on the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elijah Brown was on the strong side. James Hamill was on the point. Cole Sillinger on the weak side where Jevney usually played last year. And then uh, Shazowski was playing that floater, um, kind of just being puck support throughout the middle of the ice. So when you look at that five-man unit, like the five guys they had out for that goal, that's about who you'd expect to, to see for the five players on the ice. That's maybe, your top five, yeah. Maybe Lochner in there and... I mean, there's pieces you can move in and around. Like, you can get Lochner in front, slide Kemp into Brown spot. You can have Brown in a spot. You have Prezuzo out there. Like, you have options. Right. Um, but I, I don't know that it's something that's going to quit anytime soon. I think you're going to need to see a defenseman show you something to make you change it. Yeah. Because they would run that unit out when they were on the ice. It would go out for about a minute, and depending on where they were in the penalty... Uh, if it was late in a penalty, they just would sub somebody oh, off, okay, and then yeah. that way they got a defenseman on. If it was early, then they were running them, and they were just kind of keeping in. It was a little bit of clock management on their end, uh, and f- especially from the bench, just to to not get caught with five forwards on the ice. But, I mean, you also have, they they had Hamlin on the point, which, I mean, for the, for the sake of what could come back if there's a turnover, I mean, Hamlin's probably the guy you want 
yeah. uh, on any potential two-on-ones or, or one-on-one situations. But at the same time, you're not really utilizing Hamlin the way that I think anyone thinks he should. If, if anything, he should, he should be on the on the sidewalls. Yeah, he, he, one of the sides, probably mm-hmm. more on the strong side where Brown was playing. Yeah, um, but then you're like you said, you run the risk of complete disaster. Yeah, there's absolutely no defensive liability on. Most of those forwards, right? I guess you could say, right? So I mean, from like, it'll be interesting to see what tweaks they make. Uh, obviously, this is going to be something that's fluid all season. I'm willing to bet, and they're going to give you a bunch of different looks and, and keep trying things until man, one unit, maybe, maybe both units start to click. Um, but I, I don't know. I look at it and it's it's super it's not interesting. Surprising. It's super interesting though. Yeah, like, it's it's super rare that this would even be mm-hmm. uh, implemented, let alone in a practice, but in an actual home opener mm-hmm. in, in a game situation. It's super cool. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's only going to gel and, and get more experience and more chemistry, obviously. Well, and I guess it is worth noting because it was 2 nothing at that time when they got the power play and put the five forwards out. So maybe that's something that they only use yeah. when they need to get one back right away or if they're pressing a little bit, then they start going to the five-man unit. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I haven't talked to enough people and asked <laughs> around yet to to find out what the thought process is. but It did work in that situation with Chodowski, so that's all you can ask for out of your power play. Um, I guess we look at ahead of this weekend, mm-hmm. the, your first of your three and three nights, <laughs> or three days, I guess, when you count Sunday. But yeah. uh, busy weekend ahead for the Tigers. They got their first game in Swift Current on Friday night, then they're home against Swift Current, the second end of a home-and-home, and, home, and then they hit the road to Calgary for a 4 p.m. start on Sunday. Right. Uh, it's getting very busy. Yeah, and I'm not sure how they're going to run the goaltending situation. That, that's the most that is the interesting to me. Because I'm assuming they're probably going to play Bjorklund and Calgary. I would you think so? assume. But at the same time, I say Mads is like Calgary's one of, to, is one of the top teams, so maybe they play Mads. I don't know if a homecoming matters all that much. If it does, then Bjorklund will get the start. My first thought is exact. I think they split. I think they split the the Swift Current series. Yeah, I think Bjorklund plays Saturday night at home, and then yeah. Silgard goes Friday and Sunday. That's my first thought. Yeah, that would like if Calgary is if it's that if the, if that's what they think mm-hmm. it's going to be like, then they'll start Mads. But that'd be a heck of a spot to throw Bjorklund in. Yeah, first game of the season on the road against a yeah a very good uh, Calgary team. Yeah, but it's be, it's always one of those things that you know coaches like to get their guys in in their home cities when they can. And it's early enough in the season that it wouldn't be stunning if they did, if they ran Mads out back-to-back nights, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have options, but we'll, we'll, we'll see, I guess, when we get to Friday, what it might shape up to be. It was nice to see Mads do uh, both Friday and Saturday compared to mm-hmm. Lethbridge when they split. I know I understand that Lethbridge, I mean, Tedichuk, their goalie had a heck of a workload compared to Mads, especially on the Friday, but um, it was yeah, it was nice to see Mads uh, run well, up for the home opener as well. I mean, well. they're, they're going to play him for the first game of the season, mm-hmm. and then when your second game is the home opener, you're probably still going to play him again. Yeah, that makes just sense. Just because you want him to start the season, then you want him to start the season at home. Right? Yeah. I mean, Lethbridge, I, I'm willing to bet if the roles were reversed, Teta Chuck would have played here and then in, uh, again in Saturday. So. That's a good point. I never thought about that mm-hmm. as well. Just um, quickly, the LB Coach Limited has fan buses. We talked about the fan buses going to Lethbridge. Mm-hmm. They did that uh, this past Friday, but there's also buses going to Swift Current on Friday and to Calgary on Sunday afternoon. So, Anybody in the Medicine Hat area, if you want to travel to those games, $54 a ticket. Uh, that's with your ticket and transportation to and from uh, the away barns. Call 403-458-4652. 
and get your tickets uh, for those out-of-town games heading into this weekend. Uh, anything else you want to touch on with Tigers? Nope. Good to go? Yep. Uh, hit to the big leagues, NHL. Drink. Oh, number three. <laughs> anything, any transition. I need to work on that, I guess. <laughs> My transition. Heading to the big leagues. The big leagues. Uh, on the ice. There was uh, some good signings this week. We talked about the RFA dominoes slowly starting to fall. Last week was all defensemen, mm-hmm. mainly. Mm-hmm. And this week we got one of our big boy forwards to go off the board. It was Braden Point of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Signed his bridge deal. Three years and a shade over $20 million with an AAV of $6.75 million. Yeah, that's a... A lot of people were saying they were surprised that Point only got 6.75, but you got to remember it's on a three-year bridge. Mm-hmm. Like That's one of the biggest bridge deals we've ever seen. Yeah, because Besser's just like last week was a shade over... It was 5.7-ish, so... 5.875. Okay, yeah. so there you go. And then, I mean... That's true. I mean, the bridge is true, but they're also comparing it to what Marner signed. Yeah. And the fact that if they this three-year became a six-year, mm-hmm. to equal the l- amount of money that Marner got, that those last three years, to make it a six-year deal, would have been the range of $15 million. Yeah. That's crazy. But at the same... Like, For a guy I that scored it. 15 more goals than Marner... But when we and went into when, equaled the same amount when of points. When you go into the, the offseason, who did we think was going to get the most money? Marner. Marner. Who do we think deserves the most money? That's debatable. Probably Braden Point. Yeah. 90 some odd points, plays center. Like yeah. He probably deserves... A more the, valuable position, yeah, the winger, he, yeah. He, he probably deserved more money, but everyone was well aware that Marner was going to get more money and, and probably more term. And I mean, when you look at the history of Tampa for the longest time, like, They've been signing like they've been signing guys to bridge deals constantly. This is nothing new for the Lightning. No, like the only two guys that they haven't that are part of their core, Stamkos and Hedman. Outside of that, anyone you look at, Kucherov, Palat, Tyler Johnson, yeah. Like they all sign bridge deals. And so they it was pretty obvious it was going to be a bridge and because especially because you knew that they weren't going to pay him like Kucherov money right up right up front because that's just not what they do. Right. And so just the the fact that they got, or that point netted six point seven five on a bridge deal, like that's huge for him, because you're going to be tough to find many of the bridge deals that rich, mm-hmm. and that's huge for the Lightning because well though, they're in the business of winning now. They have been ever since Steve Eiserman took over before he left. They were in the business to win now, yeah. and so you sign your guys, you get them done to whatever works now. And you figure the rest out later. That's their, how they've been operating. Their core is signed through 2021-2022, so that's not going to change. And just quickly on that, the last year of points, it, it's worth mentioning because the last year is worth $9 million, mm-hmm. which means, like we mentioned, it, it's kind of all of these deals are kind of following the same format where they get their first two years at that kind of lower AAV. Yep. And then that last year is a qualifying offer, which means if the team wants to keep you past your third year, your salary starts at $9 million. Right. And it only can only go up from there. So that's a key little point to, to make mention of in the point deal. But like you said, with the whole Tampa Bay history, this is what they do. Yeah. They don't they don't set uh, a higher precedent than, like nobody's making more than 10 on that team. Nope. And they could. They they signed Vasilevsky for under, what, nine? I think nine, he's only nine making and a half. nine and a half. Uh, like you mentioned, Stamco's on a very team-friendly deal. Kucherov, Hedman, they got McDonough signed. Like, 
they are not in the business to overpay their players. It helps with the tax-free state, albeit. That's probably the biggest That is difference. the biggest thing, right? They You don't pay income be. tax in Florida. So that money is way more valuable than any of the Canadian markets. Yeah. So Marner's losing a lot of money on that on that end, I guess you could say. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's the business of what the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing and they're doing a damn good job of it. I mean, they started, they brought in good players and built it up and now it's, it's easy when you have a really good team to retain and and make contracts look good like that because like you said, people want to stay. But like you said, your net income is more. Like you're not having to worry about us paying, paying as much off as you would if you played in Toronto. Um, that's where part of the disparity comes in. It doesn't lessen the fact at all that Point could have asked for more money. Yeah. But he didn't. He no. wanted to be in Tampa, A, because they got a damn good team, and B, because, I mean, he can take less. It still works the same amount on the cap. Yeah. And he's going to be technically taking home more than a lot of other players in the league. And so like, it's just a real good situation that they have in Tampa. And, um, I mean, you'd be crazy not to. I mean, you're not going to take more money than... Than Kucherov right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe when you're when this three year deal comes up, we'll see where points at. But exactly, yeah. No, he he's in the driver's seat, hundred percent. Yeah. All most, I mean, even Brock Besser in, in Vancouver, like he's in the driver's seat to make a crap ton of money. After he's hurt three, again, unless he gets hurt. That's, that's why these these three years, two year deals are a risk to the player. It's compared to Marner's six year, like he's getting his money. Yeah. So that's probably why it's it's a little bit of risk reward in all these cases. Yeah, it's all give and take. By the way, Besser is in concussion protocol again. I did see that yesterday. this afternoon. I don't, uh, I don't think there's anything to it. They haven't said there is, but... Eight days until the NHL season opener. Yep. Crazy that yep. how fast this is going. Uh, there's only six RFAs now on the market. Still your notable forwards. I mean, Miko Rantanen, Matthew Kachuk. That's a scary situation if you're a Flames fan. I'm a little bit worried now. Uh, Line and Patrick... Uh, no, Patrick Line and Kyle Connor out in Winnipeg. Still Nekalainen. That's their. Is that is that a is guy a, that's out there? He's a forward, right? I have no idea. I saw him on a, okay. on a list today. Did you see this whole Rantanen thing where he? First of all, he was trying to compare his contract to Marner money. Sure. Okay. I, I still think Marner is more valuable than Rantanen. Rantanen's had like one good year, or did he have two good he's years? He's a couple. Okay, so very similar to Marner in that sense, I guess. Uh, I guess the uh, the Avalanche are looking for a long term deal in the range of eight point four to eight point seven five million dollars. Right. So they're trying to bring down that AAV to make it more reasonable. We'll see if that deal gets signed. Uh, I mean, you take into account in Winnipeg the whole Dustin Bufflin situation mm-hmm. and the fact that he is pondering retirement according mm-hmm. to reports, and the fact that these two RFA's are still not signed, and we're almost a week out of the season starting. What's a guy like Kevin Cheveldayoff supposed to do in this situation? Well, he is in the ultimate pickle. Yeah, it's, it's really not good. Um, I mean, you can't do anything with Buffalo, and you can only do so much. Um, you, you're more just biding your time, saying take your time. Hopefully, would you make a decision sooner than later? But we can't really tell you what to do. Um, so all they can do is suspend them, hold the money on the cap, right, with the hopes that you know they have some flexibility, regardless of what he decides to do. But if he, like, even if Bufflin leaves, it just creates more almost problems because then they got to find another defenseman. Like, it's insane. They don't have defensemen all of a sudden. They got, they, yeah, they went from a rags of riches on defense where Bufflin could be p- potentially playing a second or third line pair. Yeah. But I'm, and now, you're right, he goes. They've lost three of the top four already. 
That's not ideal. I mean, now you're looking at potentially. So if you get the the cap space from the Buffalo in retirement, you know he goes away. Right. There's talk that you might have to trade one of these RFAs for a package which includes a defenseman. Well, yeah, that's getting floated around with a sign and trade, perhaps, or whatever. It's getting the case floated around be. with line A, and I just, I get it, but at the same time, I don't because. What are you trading a 21 year old that's really good at scoring? To get back, that would be suffice enough. Like, like what? Yeah. What are you going to get in return? Are you looking for a top four defenseman and then a prospect? Like, it depends on what the ask is. Well, I'm asking you. Like, if you trade Line A, it's got to be good. Yeah, it's it's got to be really good. Like, what are you? What are you getting, Charlie McAvoy? Mm-hmm. No, I mean like, he just that's signed. probably the best thing you can get. Yeah. Well, in terms of Line A's contract, I mean his most comparable in terms of a goal score was probably Point. And look at what Point just signed for. If, if they're both, if Line A's looking for a bridge deal, he can look across the rink at Braden Point's deal. Kind of. Like, he can't make more than Point, can he? For He's way, he's so one-dimensional in that aspect where Point is A, a center, B, right. can score 40 goals for you, C, better defensive player, 200-foot game, hands down. Yep. Maybe Line is more physical when he wants to be, but still, like he can't make he can't physically make more than point on a bridge deal, which but has been you, floated around since June. No, but when you look at it, it's like the theory is Line is twenty one going on seventeen, eighteen years old, which is okay. Like some people mature later than others. Right. But the thing that he is best at, the thing that he has the least amount of trouble with in the NHL is scoring goals. Which is the name of the game. Like that pays. You can you can teach in theory, you can teach players how to do other stuff. You can't really teach players how to how to score. And I mean Phil Kessel's made a living out of this. Well, exactly. And so yeah. and, and he's done pretty okay for himself. So I I can't see them trading either Line A or Connor because yeah. you you can't teach goal scoring like Line A has. I mean, yeah, it's hot and cold, but it's streaky. The kid's twenty one. I know. Like, we forget that, you know, some players take a little bit of time in this league because we look around and we see so many different players name one in on a team, not even in a conference or in a division, on a team. They all have one guy that is way ahead of the curve. Yeah. And we forget that, you know, not everyone's like that. And sometimes it takes a little bit more time to get caught up to speed and takes a little bit. And that's... That's that's almost even being like a slap in the face to what Lion has done. He's still scoring thirty plus goals a season. I mean, I, exactly. You're special if you can score forty plus as a eighteen, nineteen year old. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, you are a special player. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, they these teams and management are taking these little nitpicky things to arbitration or into these negotiations. And saying you're not worth more than this, and that's why this is a dragged on for so long. Yeah, and well, I mean the whole the whole extracurricular, the whole locker room leadership aspect of Line A, where people are get ragging on him for you know his lack of hustle, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Leaders are wanting to punch him in the face. I heard like it's just like there's these 21 going on 17. He, there's just a lot of things where if the value is there, of the two, which one are you going to keep? You might not be able to keep both. Well, that's that's, that's another thing. It's no. a different conversation. I mean, Connor in itself, he's a thirty goal guy, back to back years. He's he's right up there. Right, playing on a good line, albeit like he's he's playing top line where line A probably should be. But all like let's be honest with with uh, Shifley and Wheeler. 
Line A should be on the top line, and that's kind of what he was talking about when he was talking to that Finnish reporter and said that I'm right. not on the best line. Right. I'm I'm on the B line, and I should be on the A line. So it's like, it's a crazy situation in Winnipeg. I don't know what they're going to do. You're they'll right, though. Out. They wait on Buffalo, and they see Yeah, well, yeah, it's about all you can do. I mean... Does one I of them sign before opening night? I would think the, that Connor has a better chance to sign before line A, but I don't know that it's before opening night. Okay. Well, I, I have a hard time seeing it when you're eight days away. It just doesn't seem as likely, so yeah, it's hard to say. We'll have to wait and see. One guy that did sign uh, in a Canadian city is Thomas Shabbat. Eight-year yep. deal, eight-year extension, excuse me, worth $64 million, eight-year, $8 million AAV. I think that's a great signing. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. For the sense to lock up another key core of your of your franchise alongside a guy like Colin White, maybe Brady Kachuk cut down the line. Yep. Uh, but I mean, Shabbat's he's one of the up, up and coming studs on defense. Yeah, he's their best defenseman. So yeah, pay him. Yeah, it's not much to say. There you go. He's really good. Uh, we talked about Dustin Bufflin situation. Connor McDavid. We know in the past couple weeks we talked about whether he's going to make it to opening night. Uh, reports today and practice-wise, he is good to go. He's playing the uh, preseason game against Arizona Coyotes tonight, which is good to see. Right. He's going to make the opening night roster. I guess the other big thing was the trade. Kind of happened this afternoon. You and I were going back and forth on it. Yeah. Justin Falk, the Carolina defenseman, uh, finally fell, and it was Justin Falk after a lot of rumors about him going to Anaheim. He goes to the St. Louis Blues, the uh, Stanley Cup champions. Uh, Him and a fifth-round pick for Joel Edmondson, who is a good defenseman. Yep. A really high prospect in Dominic Bach and then a seventh round pick. And then they signed him to a long term deal right away. Yeah, and it was what, like six and change, I think. I don't have him in front of me. Six and a half or something yeah, like that. Yeah, six and a half. So seven years, forty five and a half million dollars. So that's a big chunk of change to invest in your uh in your defenseman. Well, he's puts up like thirty at least thirty points a season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're paying six and a half million dollars for like your third pairing defenseman. Which is wild. That's crazy, yeah. Because, I mean, you also have Pareko and Petrangelo on that side. Um, maybe, like, I, I don't... It, it's weird because why would they trade for him? It is interesting. That team is it, specifically. Is it because they wanted him? Is it because... Well, obviously they wanted him to some extent, but did they want him that bad that they felt like they really needed to go get him? Or is the price it? Is the price worth it? I mean... Yeah, you swap D with Edmonton. So you upgrade in defense, at least offensively, uh, going from Falk to, to Edmonton. Right. Or from Edmonton to Falk. Uh, you give up on a highly, a first round draft pick in Bob. Yeah. Who people are saying, I mean, he's, he, but they're prospects. You don't know how they're going to turn out. And then mm-hmm. a seventh round pick. So I guess the return is not that bad. And maybe in their case. No, I mean, Falk's got 10 plus goals in four of his NHL seasons. Right. He is perennially above 30 points. He can run a power play. He just kind of fell out of favor in Carolina once they started to accumulate all these young mm-hmm. defensemen. Because at one point, he was like the star in Carolina. He was all they had. Right. So, the other thing I've been I seen just before we started recording is, like you mentioned, Petrangelo. There was rumors about him getting traded last year to Toronto. Mm-hmm. To something like this, I, I don't know how, I don't know what his contract situation is going forward, but I don't know if maybe he's not part of the long-term plans in St. Louis. I believe he's on the last year of a deal. Okay, this year. so... It could potentially be a, a replacement for Petrangelo going into next season. Yeah, but that no, that doesn't make sense. I thought about that, and it doesn't make enough sense to me to to bring in Justin Falk. The, yeah, the the biggest thing is either they really don't think that Petrangelo is going to sign because things got so ugly between the Blues and and 
Petrangelo that the Blues really don't think that they're going to be able to ink him to a deal. Okay. That not even a Stanley Cup could fix it. Or they made the trade to kind of block the Jets. Oh. Which has some merit to it. Because really, like, Petrangelo's making the exact same money (laughs) as Falk. So they basically said, hey, Petrangelo, your money just went to Justin Falk. Yeah. That's where it is now. (laughs) I don't know. Interesting. It's got to be some combination of the two because it doesn't, it it wasn't a need that they had to to go out and trade for Justin Falk. Not at all. So some of it has to be gamesmanship and blocking the Jets a little bit. And some of it, I would think, has to be there's still some a uncertainty plan, about Petrangelo. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, if, if the season goes the same way it started for them last year and doesn't turn around, mm-hmm. I mean, Petrangelo is going to be gone by the deadline. Yeah. I would. I would hope because that's an asset. But I don't know. It's it's weird. Not the team, but then again, it, it, I was going to say it's not the team that I thought. Falk was going to go to, but then again, I never thought Anaheim was the team that he was going to go to. Yeah, because they have a lot of young defensemen that didn't really in Anaheim. Make sense either. So, I mean, I guess you can never have too much depth. I mean, you look at some of these Stanley Cup teams who, like the Penguins, they were throwing out like 15th ranked guys <laughs> just yeah. to fill a hole. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going for a long run in May, June, you need some defensive depth. I guess it could be a, a point, but who knows? I don't know. Interesting. It's weird. Not yeah, definitely a surprise. He basically, to see just that. swapped D man for D man, and then some other things. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's a defenseman for a defenseman. That's hundred percent correct. Uh, one last thing with hockey. Uh, Austin Matthews, seen that? Yeah. <laughs> right around dinner time, he's charged with disorderly conduct in oh, Arizona, God. going back to May. There's nothing to it. It seems like stupid. I, I seen the report. It's like he it's the stupidest. Thing. He saw a cop in a car, and then he went to like open the door. Not even no, because the cop would be worse. It was a security guard. Se- okay, that's what he it got was. home. He was hammered. Gets home two in the morning. Hammered. Secu- there's a security guard doing some paperwork in her car. Okay, he walks up to the car door, tries to open it. She's like, "What are you doing?" And then he pulls she down gets, his pants. She gets out of the car. This is what tells you that it wasn't a big deal. Okay, that you know she was. She it was a. Been, it was a lady security officer. I think. So. I don't know. Who cares? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, changes the story. Just because a we always bit. say he, uh, let's say she, just for the sake of this. one. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't even matter what gender they are, because whoever the security guard is felt comfortable enough and not threatened that they got out of their vehicle. To, con- to confront Matthews. That's a good point. If you had a problem and you were scared, would you get out of your car? No. no. It's a stupid, stupid story. <laughs> Just, it's dumb. It's dumber than Antonio Brown. That's where we're at. That story's so dumb. Wow. Well, yeah, he did. But have you never been drunk before in your life, security guard? Like, ever. <laughs> never once in your life have you been drunk. And you clearly, like I said, didn't think he was a threat because you got out of your car. I didn't know that. And you know that they would have seen you because you were doing paperwork in your car. So it's not like Austin Matthews was breaking into it because he would have looked in the car and saw you. Like, it's the stupidest thing. Right. Like, it would get thrown out of Medicine Act court yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's where we're at. What are we doing? Oh, Uh, that's just the stupidest thing. I didn't mean to get you riled up. I'm sorry. Well, it's just so dumb. It's like, it, it, it. she probably or he or she probably found it was Austin Matthews and said, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna sue. I'm gonna put it out there." Like, what are we doing? Yeah, apparently it was like kind of months later that this even came out, like, or like the next weeks God. or so. Like, it wasn't right if away. It was Randy Random. It wouldn't even matter. Yeah, but because it's Austin Matthews, we're like, oh boy, back home in Arizona, that badass. Like, and 
to call it disorderly conduct. Yeah. He was drunk. If you're a security guard, you've seen worse than that before. You've seen worse than someone try to open your door and pull their pants down. Just go to Temptations. Just, oh my god. Go to Temptations right now. No it's, no offense, it, Temps, but it's like a Tuesday. some dodgy shit happens there. It is a female, <laughs> by the way. I had to look that up. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. I was like, where are you pulling that from? But uh, yeah, no, it's a good call. But it's yeah, it, it, verbatim. This is what it says, okay? okay? Listen. According to the police report, a female security guard at a condo complex in Scottsdale, Arizona, made the complaint after she said Matthews and a group of males tried to open her vehicle as she sat inside doing paperwork at 2 a.m. The complainant said she got out of her car and confronted Matthews, she's clearly terrified, who she said appeared to be intoxicated. What are we doing? Just make the arrest of whatever. You're a security guard. Just tell him to go to bed. Like, oh my God. You're just so dumb. People are stupid. That's where we're at. People are stupid. That'll be our podcast title. People are stupid. Yeah, they are. Done. Oh, Thanks I for making a beer. <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, talked about Antonio Brown. Do you want to switch to football? Uh, no, I'm done with him. I oh, know we're not going to. We'll, we'll transition out. I'm of not talking about hockey. him today. Okay, I saw you put him in the notes. I'm not talking about oh, him. That's fine. I'm so done. Uh, you want to talk Saquon Barkley quickly? Please. Anyone else? Okay. Well, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation with him because True. he has a high ankle sprain. Uh, he's out potentially a month or more for the Giants, who just started to turn this thing around with Daniel Jones at the helm. Thanks to a missed field goal. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, they really turned it around. The bright lights are shining bright in... Really uh, turned it around. They the, had to put their fate in a guy to miss a 37-yarder. That Joey Sly, is what his name is? No, no, that's the guy from Carolina. This oh. was like Matt Gay or something? Matt Gay. I think that's who it was. I think that's a good call. Um, yeah, I mean, Saquon probably went number one in your fantasy drafts, wherever that you, <laughs> you took him, and now you're out with a, for, for about yeah. a month or so. So well, Probably more than that. Hopefully, a lot you, of reports say closer to two months. Oh my God, that's it's a high ankle sprain. Yeah, I mean, it's not I, good. I'm dealing with that with Tevin uh, Tevin Coleman on my bench. Right oh now. yikes! Oh yikes! Poor guy. Um, <laughs> hopefully you get to pick up a I guy. I said, like, oh, why did you? What the fuck was that mimic? <laughs> oh yikes! I said, oh, I said, oh yikes! Oh yikes! I didn't know what that. Well, I think it's oh yikes. Everybody drink with me. Is Oivea? That's a proper <laughs> term. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. God, I suck at words. Another um. <laughs> But uh, for the Giants, I mean, Daniel Jones looked good. Yeah. Scored four total, four total touchdowns on yep. the day, which helped out that offense. And I know, yeah, like you said, it was Tampa Bay field goal missed. But uh, they got a win, and we'll see what happens going into uh, week four here. Yeah, we'll see. Who are they playing like, this week? Giants I, are playing. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, they're the Giants. I should have done my research care. into that. but Yeah, it shows how much I care about the Giants. Um, it'll be interesting to see by week 10 where Daniel Jones is at because I don't know if the Bucks were necessarily 100% certain with what the offense was going to look like without the very mobile Eli Manning. <laughs> right. um, like I mean, Eli's a Hall of Famer, but Eli just Ooh. can't move anymore, right? Facing the Redskins this week at home, Wow, they're a three-point favorite without Saquon. Don't bet on that game. Can you? Are you going to put that in the Friday parlay? No. No, no that's... Although, there's, no winner, there's no winning in that game. I got to give you credit because you took the plus 22 on the Jets, yep. which looked really good. Yep. Um, and then you've had some good picks. Just the, the stupid, just one. They're just getting bit. It's just one of them. Just getting bit. Check NFL our, betting has been really good, though. Check our Facebook page, facebook.com slash on the board podcast uh, for Lance's Friday parlay. He gives us three picks to yeah. take to the bank and win us some money. And. The, Two the football, out of three times, you're right. Football's been good. Football's been really good. Um, some monster games in week three. Yeah, there were. 
Um, mostly in wide receivers with Mike Evans going for eight catches, 190 yards, and three touchdowns. Not the receiver that I thought was going to go off. I thought Chris Godwin was going to get most of the touches. But well, I, mean, I mean, Evans hasn't even... I don't think he had a touchdown the first two weeks. No, he's been invincible. Invisible. Everybody drink. <laughs> invisible. <laughs> yeah, he has invisible. Invisible. He's got he, his, he's got he his cloak a touchdown that. in two weeks. That guy's fucking invincible. Invincible. Never uh, seen anyone like him. <laughs> uh, honorable mention to Keenan Allen. He had himself a great line. Had a couple touchdowns in that he did. Chargers game. He did. Uh, Mark Ingram ran in for three scores. Luckily for me, I had him on my fantasy team. I still lost by almost 40 points. Oh, that sucks to suck, hey? Sucks to I suck. I got beat by 50, so. And Russell Wilson had 400-plus yards and four touchdowns of his own, so uh, crazy game. Those last two, Ingram and, and Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. are uh, somewhat directly and indirectly linked to Lamar Jackson, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you can draw the comparison between Lamar Jackson as a quarterback and Russell Wilson, and you can say that without Mark Ingram, well, the Ravens would have been blown out. Hundred percent. Really, like, because Lamar's accuracy was not nearly as good in that KC game as it was in the first two games, and that's fine. But I mean, Mark, you're right. Mark Ingram kept him in that game for sure. Now you watched the whole thing. I, would I assume, did, yeah. if not most of it. Yeah. I noticed, and did you that the Chiefs, who really don't have like an amazing defense, it's not bad, but it's not great. Their front seven is above average, and their cornerbacks are terrible. Did you notice that they? As a unit, committed to pass D more than run D the entire game? Obviously, yeah. Like, they said, you're going to have to beat us with Mark Ingram and with Lamar Jackson running the ball. Gus Edwards even had seven carries. Gus for, Edwards like, had seven He carries. had like seven yards of carry. Like, yeah, he did. They were just gashing the run defense. You're 100% correct. But the Chiefs might have exposed something here. Just let him pass and he didn't let throw- him run. Commit, okay. Commit to pass defense, mm-hmm. and if they beat you on the run, let them beat you on the run. But if you commit to defending the pass, you might be onto something against Lamar Jackson. Let him because, have his completion rate below, right around fifty percent instead of seventy percent. Yeah, like I mean, and, and this was this is kind of a thing that bringing it back to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had to deal with this too because when he came into the league, uh, you would agree Russell Wilson was one of the highly touted quarterbacks for being able to improvise and scramble. Still is today, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's obviously what Lamar Jackson is. But for a while, once people caught on to, oh shit, Russell Wilson can run for 120 yards in a game, they started committing to the pass a little bit more mm-hmm. and said, okay, beat us by running then. Yeah. Because let's face it, if, you're, if your quarterback can't pass efficiently... I mean, a lot of these other teams, top flight teams, yeah. are going to be able to take advantage of you, and especially when you face teams like that have better defenses than the Chiefs, which there's a handful of. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, imagine a Bears defense with their front line that commits to a pass defense. Mm-hmm. Like, my God, the, like the Bears could beat the Ravens if they went down that road. Just after seeing how the Chiefs went and went about their business on D. And forcing Mark Ingram to score three touchdowns, which I don't think we can count on happening every week. He's um, been good. He's oh, been he good, has, but he's not three touchdowns has, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, I mean, he also carried for over 100 yards. Like, yeah. I mean, you're going to have... Like, if you force Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson to beat you on the ground instead of letting the pass game beat you, 
then there might be something to it that other teams are going to start taking note of because I don't think that anyone really figured it out until we saw it last weekend. The one thing I will give Lamar Jackson credit for is he has yet to throw a pick this season, mm-hmm. and that goes back to even week 11 of last year when he first took over. He has been very careful with the ball, which is great to see. Right. Um, so he's not... Even when he his completion percentages are not great, especially in this KC game, he's keeping them alive, like you said, with his legs. And they're they're the best one of the best running teams in the league. Like outside of probably them in Seattle, which is funny enough because Russell Wilson and, yeah. and their run heavy scheme, they can just grind you down. That defense is again above average. So they got an above average defense of themselves. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's you're right. It's all about adjustments. All this whole NFL season will be about adjustments. Yeah. And whether Lamar can he's he's been making some really good tight throws and windows. And hitting yeah. people where they need to hit. I mean, he's been really relying on his tight end, Mark Andrews, which is great because yeah. that's good for your fantasy team if you got Andrews. A la Russell Wilson. A la Russell with Jimmy, with Jimmy Graham. Graham back in the day. Exactly. So, yeah, you're right. Very par- uh, similar parallels yeah. with both him and, and, and Wilson. Now, now you just notice that nowadays Wilson will take shots. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's got Locke and he's got Metcalf. I mean... You could argue that Lamar has a couple weapons on the outside that he can use as well for mm-hmm. taking shots. Yep. But we'll see if in the next couple of weeks if Lamar makes those adjustments and starts taking deep shots down the field because we didn't really see him do it against the Chiefs. No. We'll see if he, like, and this is, like, like you said, part of the learning process. If he can even just connect once on a deep ball to Brown, now all of a sudden it opens things back up a little bit for him to improvise a little bit more if he wants to. Yeah. It's I, just interesting to see that. I can't comparison. remember which team it was. I think it would have even been like even a Minnesota, a really like not a pass heavy team. But I'd love to see the Ravens do a lot more uh, like bootleg sweeps and like like because they do like their yeah. run their run play option their RPOs mm-hmm. where they do the, either the fake handoff or they actually give it to to Ingram. But I'd love to see um, Jackson on a sweep. Yeah, just to pull it out and let him run on that outside, and like you said, make even more guys miss because he's he's so good at that. Right. And I mean, Kyler Murray is supposed to be really good at that as well, and he's learning on the fly. He's been actually pretty good as a as a starting quarterback so far. I mean, they're zero and no, right. they're zero two and one. I guess if they got yeah, the tie. Yeah. But um, you're right. These running quarterbacks are the way of the future, and if they can stay upright, but they again, got a good. It's interesting, even with Kyler Murray, he takes shots. Yeah. Like he's like regenerated Larry Fitzgerald's career. Like he's been yeah, really good this bit, year. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like he's firing down to Christian Kirk at least once or twice a game, mm-hmm. and I haven't really seen that with with Baltimore as much. And it, it, it's easy to do against the Dolphins and whoever the fuck they played in Week Two. Was it Arizona they played in Week? They two? did play Week Two, and then uh, obviously the big game against Miami in Week One. Yeah, like those are the two worst passing defenses in the league right now. I think. Yeah, are the Cardinals and the Dolphins right up there? For and sure. so, I mean, it, it's easy to do that now when they start getting into a little bit of a tougher schedule, and it's still not that tough. This week they're home to the Browns, seven point favorite. So if it, that's the situation, the game script doesn't require Jackson to throw it so much. Maybe that run and you know Mark Ingram can just run out the clock and play clock management. Yeah, I, I mean, in a way, if. It's also interesting with with Cleveland because my money would be on them bouncing back again offensively. Yeah. Like one step forward, one step back type thing. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to be as bad as they were last week. I can't see it. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll be more productive this week. Like they just have too many guys. 
they had a, they had a tough game against those Rams. Like yeah. that was a tough matchup all across the board with Nick Chubb and, and OBJ and all those skill players. Mm. Tough matchup across the board. But I think they'll they'll the Cleveland will have a better offensive effort at the very least. And so it'll be interesting because the game script again will be if Cleveland's offense picks it up this week, the game script's going to be very similar to what they just had against the Chiefs. Yeah. That's where we'll see if the adjustments made and if Lamar takes a couple more shots to open up the offense a little bit more instead of throwing for 267 and no passing touchdowns. Exactly. But he ran one in, which was nice for my fantasy day. Yeah, if you get the extra points for rushing touchdowns, it's even better. The uh, It's the first week of bye weeks, so mm-hmm. the Jets and the 49ers are on bye. Let's quickly go through the, the schedule. Hold for, on, Patrick Mahomes is really good. Let's just... Oh, yeah, we it doesn't need to be said. 10 minutes on Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He's goddamn mad and uneasy. Yep. He's crazy good. And then he <laughs> opens up their, their own running game. Right. Like, Daryl Williams, LaShawn McCoy combined for 17 carries, 116 yards, have and you a heard, touchdown. Have you heard of Daryl Williams before Sunday? Sounds like a guy that I think I took my truck to the other week. <laughs> Pretty sure he might be a He's just like a discount auto car yeah. sales. Like, whatever. Yeah, could be. He's it's crazy. I mean, their receivers are kind of no names with Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson basically leading and Sammy Watkins. How about that catch by Demarcus Robinson? Oh, that was that was beauty. Oof. That was a beauty. Uh but yeah, they're running backs. You you saw anybody in running back and they can get you 100 total yards. Crazy. It's just funny how Andy Reid, I'll tell you what. Yep. And then it opens up Mahomes to do his thing. And he's just throwing 30 like he's got the most 30 plus compl- 30-plus yard completions since last year. He's on pace to break his yardage and touchdown records from last year. Yeah. And the Bears got Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the uh, the rest of the Chiefs schedule is like, but watch out. They could go on a run, a serious run. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be fun to play them. The Patriots could be like 12-0. How about the Patriots playing defense? They got on... Okay, now they've got some softballs. Like, absolute softballs. yeah. Uh, Miami, yep. the Jets, and now this week they play Buffalo. I, 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 this this week will be a more interesting one. It will be. It's I, don't in Buffalo. It's be I don't think it's going to be a, a softball like, like the Steelers, the Dolphins, and Jets. Patriots are seven-point favorites on the road. Sounds about right. Is that a, is that a bet? Early, it's early prediction. Do you think that uh, is something you're going to put in the Friday parlay? No. No, you're not touching that one? You're not touching Patriots? I'm not touching it. Okay. But if you... You're probably going to get a really good price on Buffalo. The the Bills covering. Yeah. If you change the line and get the Bills at like plus five and a half, and you can make a little bit more profit than the standard seven that they're at right now. Yeah. It's early. And you, if you have the money, I would I would splash like if, if you can get your own line, Bills plus five and a half. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think, but. Then again, the Patriots just do their own thing. And Eagles Packers start off the week on Thursday night football mm. uh, in Lambeau. I think Green Bay bounces back and they they take care of business against a depleted Eagles offense for sure. Depleted Eagles, everything. Their defense is not. That's very true. Good. They lost their corner for a few weeks now. Their uh, defense isn't very good. Their offense has like three guys, and the Packers haven't lost yet. No, they haven't. So go Devonte Adams. Hopefully for me. Yeah, really, really glad hey. he's been an integral part of the fucking team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've got a God. lot of Packers, too. Oh, my God. Uh, Titans-Falcons in Atlanta. Four-point favorite for the Falcons. Nothing there. Matty Ice. Titans defense mm. has been okay, but Matty Ice has been really... He's got, like, 
seven picks already in this young season. Matt Ryan. He's been bad. Yeah. Six, yeah. Yeah. Eight touchdowns, six interceptions. Yeah. Really tough. Julio's been good, which is good for True. most people's fantasy teams, True. but Matt, Matt Ryan has not been. We talked about the Browns and Ravens. We'll bypass that. Patriots and Bills. Chiefs on the road against the Lions. Six and a half point favorites for the Chiefs. They will. They will cover. That's that. a cover? They, they will. They will cover that for sure. Hopefully, for, uh, sure. <laughs> for sure. For I think, sure. I think uh, they better get on Johnson involved more uh, if you're a Lions yeah. supporter I think or he's, a carry-on owner. But He's only averaging, uh, the last I saw, I think it was like two and a half yards a carry. Yeah, he's been struggling. Not good. No. Not good. Uh, Panthers, Texans, Panthers without Cam Newton for the second straight game. He's got some, he's got that Liz Frank injury, kind of like what Hollywood Brown had mm-hmm. uh, prior to his draft eligibility. So Panthers are five point dogs against Texans in Houston. Thoughts on that one? I, I that mm. uh, what's was it Al no, is it Allen? Kyle Allen, Kyle I think Allen. his name is. Didn't he throw for four touchdowns last week? Something he, like that. He yeah. was really good actually he for was, that offense. He was really good. And Saquon had that or not Saquon, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, had a crazy seventy yard run where he pushed his offensive lineman yeah. <laughs> as a lead blocker. He Animal. Super good. And they were also playing the Cardinals, so Yes, that's right. Past past mm. defense was not a priority for not, those Cardinals. Not very good. Uh, Texans, I mean, they got to keep Deshaun Watson upright, though. <laughs> yeah. I, they have gone down in sacks. They went from six sacks in week one to four sacks in week two to two sacks in week three. So does that mean he's not getting sacked this week? I guess that was, that's what, what it means. What's the next number? Six, four, two in that the line. It's got to be zero. It's got to be zero. And then, and then soon he's going to sack two people. That's what it'll be <laughs> next week. I guess that's that's the <laughs> put him as a corner. Put him yeah. out his corner. Uh, Raiders in Indianapolis. Colts are a seven point favorite in Indy. I like that line. Uh, yeah, Brissett was uh, really good. Brissett was really good last week, and Marlon Mack started to get going. T. Y. Hilton is potentially out for that game, so that's a good uh, key point to keep in mind, though, because yep. the receivers are going to take a hit. You might have like Paris Campbell as your leading receiver. Yeah, if T. Y. Hilton Indy. doesn't play, take the Raiders to cover the seven points, even though they're the Raver- Raiders and they're not very good. Chargers on the road in Miami. That's probably the biggest line of the week right I now. At so. 16. 16. 16 point favorites on the road in Miami. 16 for the Chargers. <laughs> so, so the Dolphins minus 16. Is that what you're telling me? Like they're 16 point favorites? No. Oh, what? Like the, the Dolphins are point favorites? Yeah, no. wouldn't they be? No. <laughs> oh. No, the other hey, way around. I thought the Dolphins were playing the McCoy Colts. <laughs> Dolphins would still be a 16-point underdog. Uh, we talked about Redskins hosting the, or no, Giants hosting the Redskins. Yeah. Only yeah. a three-point favorite there in the Meadowlands for Daniel Jones and crew. Interesting line there. Yeah. Redskins, I mean, they got kind of pumped last night on Monday yeah. Night Football, so tough one for them. Only having to cover three points against a team that can't win games. I mean, you don't have a running back. Eh. We talked about the Arizona pass defense. They're going up against Russell Wilson this week oh, at night, home. Night-night Arizona. Seahawks on the road, four-and-a-half-point favorites. We got the Rams hosting the Buccaneers. What's the total in that game? For the Cardinals-Seahawks? Yeah. 47-and-a-half. Mm, that could go over. Just so, going to put that out there. That no. could go over. Okay. Rams hosting the Buccaneers. They're a nine and a half point favorite uh, home to Tampa. <laughs> Tampa better get on know. the board there. Like they That, that could be a slugfest that again. That could be a slugfest. If they get that pass offense going and O.J. Howard gets going. Dude, you, fucking, you, you don't have O.J. Howard, O.J. Howard. Oh, you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no um, Minnesota on the road in Chicago. So there's a divisional matchup. Oh, that total's got to be below 40. In the late window, it's 38. Yeah. 
just take the over and Chicago is a three point score. favorites there. They're at home, right? They are at home. Makes sense. Jaguars on the road in Denver, the Mile High facing the Broncos. They are also three point favorite. Broncos are. Oh my are. gosh! If you bet on that game, you just love to punish yourself. That, that is, is painful. Thirty eight total points on that one. Really? Yes. Is that the same then? As, yeah. As, oh my as gosh. As Vikings Bears, thirty eight points. Wow. And finally, the Sunday oh, night goodness. game: Saints and Cowboys from New Orleans. And Cowboys are three point favorites on the road. Sounds about right. That's a good matchup, though. I like that a lot, actually. I would take Saints to uh, pull cover the three. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Cowboys by ten. All right. You heard it here first. Yeah. And then Monday nighter, Bengals and Steelers in. Oh, Pittsburgh. what a Monday nighter! That's a great one. Hey? <laughs> wow. Somebody's gonna get their first win unless they tie. Uh, four and a half point favorites for the Steelers. Oh fuck. Joe Mixon better get his ass together. Actually, that sounds like a game that you could bet. The Bengals to cover four and a half. Or yeah? plus the four and a half, yeah. Oh, yeah. With Mason Rudolph and Co. I mean, you're getting the points, and neither mm-hmm. team's good. And the Bengals have more star skill position players yeah. on their roster right now than uh, than I would say <laughs> the Steelers do. You're going up an octave there? Oh, I almost burped. Uh, all right, that's our... That's how, that's how I feel about that That's game. our week four schedule. Listen or look on Facebook on Friday. Lance will have his Friday parlay. His three top picks going into Sunday. You, you only bet Sundays though, right? So Monday, you won't be betting on the... Or will you But No, you can't. On parlays, you can't put Monday's game in there, can you? Sure you can. You can? Yep. Okay, so maybe... You just got to get them in before the Sunday games start. You look on our Facebook page. You take the three picks. You can bet them all together. I wouldn't because I haven't hit all three <laughs> on one ticket before. So I would probably just bet them all separately. And if you do that, we're actually making some money. So. Alrighty. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this baby up? Um, No. I don't think so. We're going to go through mid-2,000 players again? Do you want to? No, I think we had our fill last week. That's true. We That's appreciate true. everybody who took By the, the way, time to listen to all that hour, yeah. fifteen minute nonsense. Yeah, I was going to put that out there. Thank you so much. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was, great. and uh, it was long as hell. Uh, uh, just checking in on the bets that you 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 fucked me. By the way, I uh, did. I blame you because okay. remember months ago when I said <laughs> you're going to take the Indians or the Twins, and you bet against me. It's, it's your fault that the Twins are going to win the division. Now. <laughs> Kept the twins. That's right. Yeah, you bet. Oh, yeah, you did bet the Indians to come back. Yeah, when the Indians were seven and a half games back of the division, I bet them to win it, and they got close. They were tied for like three days, and uh, they are going to not win the division now. So I blame. Are you. they? They're still close in the wild card, though. Uh, last I checked, half a game out. Okay, so they're right in it this last week. It's gonna yeah. be that. I mean, is I was talking off mic with you, but like. Is there? I haven't really been checking the st- the standings on. on That's baseball. the only one. That's the only one. The NL yeah. NL wild card is all locked up now. Yeah, the NL um, Nationals and uh, Brewers because the, the Brewers held on without Yelich. Yeah, their schedule was porridge. Wow. Well, and I seen that uh, the Cubs. Kimbrel like lost his mind. He got blowing saves left, right, and center last <laughs> yeah, week. He, he was a fucking gong show. Yeah, he was a head case. Oh my god! He looked like Ken Giles, just ready to punch himself in the face. God damn it! So um, that's. I mean, yeah, sucks for the Cubbies, but sucks for me too. Because yeah, you bet against me. You you, you didn't believe with me, and that's no. why we're out. Um, but we we called the Brewers dead. Two weeks ago when Yelich was done. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they are still kind of dead because they're not going to win anything. But um, they got to face the Nationals in you know, that wild card, so it's going to be fun. Uh, you know what? If they win the wild card, they can go get shit kicked by, by the Dodgers, Dodgers, I guess. 
Um, so okay, NL yeah. NLCS is going to be uh, Atlanta and the Dodgers. Is that what you're? That'd be my guess. That's your guess. And then in the AL, you got Houston and Houston, the Yankees. Yankees. Yep, uh, that'd be good to see. I'd be in- totally interested in that one. Although, like you said, Houston should cakewalk. Because I mean, Yankees just lost another starter. They they pulled the one guy for domestic violence. Domingo which is not funny. Yeah, it's not funny at all. No, it's just comical at the sense of how many people they've lost. Yeah. in the course of the season. So yeah. like it's that's crazy. Like if they don't have near the starters, and then a report came out today that they they didn't want Stroman because they said that he wouldn't make quote a difference. No, he wouldn't on the roster. He what? Wouldn't. He w- he would have started over any of those guys. Wouldn't have started over Severino. Severino is like making before, his way back. He's not even prepared. Before we knew about the allegations, he wouldn't have started over Domingo Herman. Okay. He wouldn't have started over Tanaka. And you only what you, you need only three? really need three. So Tan- then he's in the bullpen. Tanaka. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he he wouldn't. Well, now, and then he posted some well, graphic about all these stats of yeah. how he's having a better year than Yankees pitchers combined. It's like, no shit, you're having a better year than most pitching staffs combined. Do you know why? Because there's terrible people in the pitching staff of every team. Mm-hmm. Marcus. It's a stupid graphic you made. <laughs> Marcus. It looks really nice, but it's completely fucking irrelevant. It's got like a nice like uh, highlighted player behind it too or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's pretty, oh, it's just dumb. Pretty it was like, my ERA is better, my... My FIP is better. My WHIP is better. My FIP. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's a real stat. It though. really is. Okay. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, Marcus. Like every team's like starters pitching staff is probably above four, if not close to it. Like, fucking shut up. Like just worry about <laughs> losing games in New York with the Mets. Well, they get to do it all again next year. All oh, run it back. All right, that's everything for you. You good? You got that off your chest? Yeah, my beer's done. Time to go home. All right. Thanks so much for listening to us today. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash on the board podcast. We're on Twitter at on the board pod. And wherever you are, subscribe to us uh, on your favorite podcast platform. For Lance Dahl, Colby McKee, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes.